Greetings, friends! Welcome back to another very special episode of the Film Alchemist Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, here for a brief introduction before today's very special episode. Guys, it's official! Your friends here at the Film Alchemist are on Patreon. That's right, patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. For as little as a dollar a month, guys, you can help us support the show and Make sure it's the show that you want and deserve. I assure you guys, every single dollar of your support means the world to Alex and I. We thank you guys so much for those of you who are supporting us. For those of you who are about to, we thank you as well. Here's what you can expect. For as little as a dollar a month, you guys can get in, meet some of the people in our community, get to do some fun stuff with us over there. If you like it and you want to go up a little higher in the ranking system, you can actually select the films that you want us to talk about specifically in a patron-exclusive library. Guys, it has been such a delight to start this Patreon with you. We love our patron community, and we would love it if you guys would join us there as well. Again, that's patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. Make sure you go to YouTube. Subscribe to our channel over there, Film Alchemist. You can see video versions of most of our talks there as well as some uh, other fun videos. We're always trying to come up with cool ideas for that over there, so keep your eyes peeled. Film Alchemist over on YouTube. Email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. Find us on all the social media you're on. We're very easy to get a hold of, and we love to hear from you guys. So reach out whenever. And wherever you're listening to us now, make sure you leave us a rating and review. Five-star, couple sentences or two about why you enjoy us. Helps us. Fight back against the algorithmic overlords that try to oppress the alchemists, but we won't have it. Oh, all right. Enough of that business. That got very intense. Very. Oh my God. That was. That was a lot. All right, guys. Today we are traveling back to maybe the first great success of the Marvel Cinematic Experience in Blade. Wesley Snipes' Blade. Now, what's funny? This movie came out and just kicks all the asses. Right. This movie is amazing. Across many fronts. And what I think is really fun about this movie is I would imagine most of the people who saw this film first were unaware that this was even a comic book. They just knew that this movie kicked ass, right? Alex and I talked about this on our our show that began this show. The Long Box Sessions, our very first foray into podcasting. This was one of the very first films we were desperate to talk about. By the end, we really just wanted to talk about movies more. And and you're talking comic book movies. Blade is, in my mind, about as good and fun as it gets. So we were super excited to dive back into Blade. It's it's really become a time capsule movie, I think, for a lot of us of a certain age. It's just fun and dark and gory, and the choreography of the action is amazing. Wesley Snipes became iconic. Steven Dorff is there just vaping his brains. At, no, wait, that was earlier. He was still smoke smoking blood joint. Anyways, you'll see. It's a wild good time of a movie again guys that's patreon.com slash film pod because of course you want more of more of this more of what i'm laying down um but either way guys uh thank you so much for your time and support remember october is right around the corner now guys 31 days 31 pods we know it's a lot guys so set your notifications be ready if you follow us on socials you're in the discord and all that we will have the exact schedule coming out very soon so we can't wait to do that but before then let's have a little whore fun What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Long Box Sessions. I'm your host, Alex Dandino. And I'm Josh Griffey. As always, catch us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever social media you deem worthy. And uh, we are also on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. I think we finally found the one guy who uh, listens to iHeartRadio. He couldn't keep him afloat. <laughs> yeah, he's just the bankruptcy lawyer who's taking them to task. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, find us, guys, wherever you find us. We appreciate that. Take a second. Give us a star rating and a review. Um, I am constantly shocked how many of you. I'm like, hey, did you guys do that? And you're like, oh, man, I was going to. But I just didn't. Do it now! (laughs) Either way, we uh, appreciate the love. Uh, Housekeeping out of the way. It is long box and chill time for us again here in the long box. And we thought no better time 
to watch a really socially relevant film than now. <laughs> so we decided to watch the 1998 Stephen Norrington directed movie Blade, starring the one and only Passenger 57, Wesley Snipes. <laughs> Wesley Pipes, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Griffin and I sat down and watched this. Uh, you can, how did you do, was it Hulu? It was the, the, I the actually, major I subscription. Have a, right? If you have Hulu or like YouTube Red, it yeah. pops up a lot to DVR. That's how I caught it. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, you're gonna have to track Blade down, but or, it is worth it. Or you, perhaps you have the uh, DVD, that old technology that a lot, <laughs> not many people know about anymore. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's easy enough to find, yeah. and it is worth watching. It had been a long time since I. watched I don't think Blade. I've seen it the whole way through in a long time. Like definitely yeah. not start to finish. So that was really cool. Yeah. Um. But it's it's been interesting because Blade's been popping up a lot lately, uh, with the success of Black Panther, right? Yeah. And everyone hailing it as finally a black superhero movie, this and that. And Blade essentially is the first real superhero movie. Yeah. Like uh, people I talk to, they say you can go back to, you know, Shaft and Foxy Brown. Stuff like that was an attempt sure. and kind of like a, a superhuman, quote unquote. But Blade is the first from comic book uh, lead man African-American movie it's for sure the that first, i can remember it's also probably the first major marvel success as far as films go 1998 was probably the i mean first by then they'd push. only done like howard the duck and yeah. two swamp thing movies so, so or no not swamp thing marvel uh, had done howard the duck and then they had the done the punisher punisher that's and also that like really shitty captain america one there was the uh ill-fated roger corman fantastic four yes which they only <laughs> did like that never saw the light of day because they only did it to keep the rights so Blade was after specifically after Howard the Duck. They were like, "Oh shit! Like we have to make this work." Well, I also love they're like, "What's the first like Marvel comic you would like take a swing on?" H Duck, guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's about a little alien duck who fucks human chicks. Who's not going to appreciate that? <laughs> so. Yeah, Marvel really needed a win here, and they definitely got it. Apparently, it was, I, I was reading up on it during the movie, and it was wildly successful for the time. Yeah, well, this this is the cool thing. It's It reminds me much of The Crow, but more studio. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's got a lot of that kind of classic. There was a, a point in the 90s when we thought it was very cool to like have leather clothes, like yeah. lots of leather clothes. This was also pre-Matrix. Yeah. There's a lot of guns and karate. Yeah, you just assume like the costume designer of the Matrix was just like, hey, you guys have all of those clothes from Blade? Like, I'll take those. <laughs> you know, so it's just, yeah, like Ray-Bans and leather It was like everywhere. There's a lot of gunplay, a lot of martial arts. It's kind of a like everything guys liked then. Yeah. So it's like all the genres that were like popular to guys in the eighties, like it's martial a, arts film, horror film, superheroes, uh, straight up gun action. It's a perfect <laughs> thing for what was cool in the late nineties, which was like leather Dodge challengers, smoking cigarettes <laughs> and my, yeah. and samurai swords. Well, that was my sub, my subtitle, right? Would be blade techno and smokes. <laughs> like that's, that's what this, there's a lot of trans music. There's a lot of trans an music. enormous amount of cigarette smoking in this. Like <laughs> crazy. I've never seen all, all the vampires. What's nice about all the vampires is they're like, I'm fucking undead. I can do whatever I want. They just start yeah. smoking. Like chimney. we'll get to the vampires. I have an enormous amount of questions about yeah. blade style vampires. We have to get all the way to the physiology of all that. Cause I am very confused. Yeah. Um, the things that, do, um, I love the opening for this movie though. This is truly one of the best openings of any comic book movie I've ever seen, yeah. even to this day. For sure. With, like, the great... The opening, like, is it, like, 10, 15 minutes is so fucking insanely fun. It's so awesome. And it almost runs almost through the entire first act. It's yeah. kind of one protracted... Or, like, prolonged, not protracted, prolonged action sequence. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it goes on for a while. Like, basically, it starts with Tracy Lords and the guy from The Shield. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like all of us see i like him because he's a connection to the real guy like yeah. he's like if my mom would have let me buy the clothes i thought would have made me cool he has like that I would address he has like that him. backward samuel jackson kangol hat with yeah. like his uh, hair all had one of those his hair hanging out the yeah. front so he goes to this techno this trance party with this girl in the back of a meat locker which should have been an indicator to anyone and they're like eh, i'll just go anyways yeah well, there's also moments where it looks like they're just wheeling bodies yeah. like on meat hooks past him. And he's like, what the fuck? Well, what's that? And no, she just like it. starts making out. And he's like, dope. All right, and cool. he's back in the zone. Yeah. 
So he goes in and sees bloodbath on the back of the wall, which apparently was not a red flag either. And then, uh, you know, that the whole like rain of blood coming down. Yeah. Visually fun. Very, very cool. Okay. This is something that I'm going to just jump into right now. Um, I'm so offended by the immortals of this movie (laughs) because I literally was watching that bloodbath and I'm like, that is the kind of thing, like, even now at 33, like, I would be repulsed if someone invited me to do that. Oh, yeah. So, you're like, in 33 years, I've already grown past, like, raving. You know what I, mean? I feel like, like, how many hundreds of years does it take for you to be like, this is not music? Yeah. Like, I don't need to just be around sweaty, gross people. I got to say, I feel like a lot of the unde- a lot of the vampires in the, this movie have really squandered their nightlife by deciding, oh, trance music and dancing is the only way I can spend. But, no, it's it's everything, right? Like... It's the smoking. It's the shitty clothes. Yeah. It's the, like, and this was a theory I came to later. Like, another time, Blade goes into a meat locker, right? There's, like, a vampire safe house and a fridge. They walk into the club, and it's all, like, old guys who might be part vampire, literally watching, like, a four-year-old Japanese girl who's the singer of almost a metal techno band. Yeah. And I was like, "Are, are vampires only into the worst stuff on purpose apparently so that like me like let's say i'm like a normal joe i walk by and i'm just like ugh, gross <laughs> and i walk away and then i won't uncover this huge maybe fucking that, nest maybe of that's vampires. what it is maybe they've like cornered <laughs> all of the worst parts about humanity yeah. like let's just do this and no one will bother us yeah that's probably a really good strategy actually it's probably like how i imagine there are people that just put like make america great signs in their yard yeah. just so people won't come knock on their door you know what I mean? It's like let's get out ahead of the curve. Very here. similar strategy. Yeah, let's keep norm- let's that. keep normals away because uh, yeah, we listen to trance. Right. Like there's a great scene when Stephen Dorff's like doing research on a computer. <laughs> and it's just, just <laughs> and you're like, no, he's blasting it in his headphones. <laughs> and Udo Kier, who's like one of the original vampires, is like, Ross, are you listening to me? He goes, shh, it's a library. I'm like, dude, you're the guy with, like with their headphones way too loud. <laughs> like that's the guy. Well, this is something you learn also as you get older. No one who listens to their music insanely loud ever listens to good music. No. Right? It's always, just think about it. Every time someone's pulled up to you next in a car and their music's too loud, it's the worst kind of music. You have a downstairs neighbor who's too loud? Yeah, he likes techno yeah. for sure. Like, it's it's never good it's stuff. It's never good stuff. Oh, your, na- your, your guy across the street likes ICP? You're going to hear that the a lot. People who want to <laughs> share music in the world are always the people who listen to the worst music. <laughs> Like the people who are always saying, "Oh, you want to check this out? It's in my headphones." That's the an- the answer is always going to be no. Yeah, that's going to be a hard pass. <laughs> that's going to be hard. Pass. <laughs> no, I don't want to hear your super dope jam band. I would or, rather you know. someone fucking chain me up in a torture dungeon, and as they're nailing fucking very tiny like picture frame nails right. under my foreskin, yes, just have some torturous guy like whistling the Andy Griffith theme song to me forever for all eternity. So much more fun than ever share your headphones with you. <laughs> Uh, so yes, but yeah, so there's a lot of things. a lot of vampirisms are just like trash people. Yeah. So I was like, did none of you like you're like, oh, I'm immortal now. I'm just going to like read the great works. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like, I'm going to study things like, you know what? Maybe I'll cure some diseases. Maybe I'll go to the moon. Because that's the thing. Stephen Dorff's character, right? Deacon Frost. He seems to be racist towards humans, right? Like we are scum. We are cattle. We're food. The other guys are, like, out there making deals. Yeah. Like, all the old fucking crusty board of directors, <laughs> they're out making deals with yeah, us. Yeah, they're, like, being productive members of society. And here's the thing. Who would want to fucking cure, like, cancer in humans more than vampires? Like, hey, I need to eat someone. And you take a bite of them, like, ugh, they taste like diabetes. Like, gross. <laughs> like, you think that these people would be out helping us. Right. Like, you know, it's how we're, like, we don't, we want to, like, grow our own food fucking. <laughs> so it's not all fucking full of bullshit. Vampires should be helping us more. Instead, they're just into trash music. And it's weird. Deacon Frost's like whole subsect of the the vampire community is just like, <laughs> you know, I don't really want to help. I just want to, you know, listen to shitty music and yeah. eat people. Yeah, he's like a Michael Vick. He's yeah. like, I just want to use them for torture and eating. Like, I'm not into anything. He has else. no. He's very much. He's very short sighted <laughs> in his plans. The other yeah. vampire is trying to learn him a few things because yeah. he only he got turnt, not necessarily. Well, like his he big wasn't born plan is that he'll destroy all humans. Essentially, is that like the any, word turnt? Yeah, turnt? any human he meets will be turnt. Yeah, right or turned because I think turned is when oh, you become turned, a vampire. Yeah. Sorry, turnt is when you turn on the techno. Oh, got it. Right, and you're a little more. So all up. the Deacon Frost vampires are a little more turnt. Than yeah, the rest. you turnt on your fucking techno. Now you're dancing and you're sweating in your silk shirt, which smells really bad. Yeah, which helps keep me away from discovering your vampires. <laughs> it's a very intricate plan. 
But uh, yeah, so Deacon Frost is like the bad guys in this movie are fun, but their plan is it's it's kind of one of those early bad guy plans where they just give you enough to like I'm trying to obtain some power that eventually yeah. we'll have to deal I with. Mean, but it doesn't make any sense. What it is is the class. It's a classic world domination thing. Like that's yeah. all it is. Like there's no further thought than I want to rule the world as a blood god. Cool. That's fine. Yeah. Like, that's literally all you thought of. You didn't think about like, oh, if you everyone turns into a vampire, how are you going to eat, man? Yeah. Like, that's what he was talking about. He goes, the blood god shows up and everyone will be well, turned. It's, it's the plan from Incredibles, right? He's yeah. mad that he's like a half-blood and people like tease him like, <laughs> look at you, dirty blood. Right. And he's like, I'll show you. He's like, when we're all vampires, then there will be no classism. <laughs> and I was like, I guess. Like, also, you're immortal. Yeah. And, like, even if they didn't make fun of you for Half-Blood, Steven Dorff, you've got, like, 50 other bad traits that we've seen in the movie we could tease you There's a lot of Voldemort going on here, too. (laughs) But, uh, yeah. But it it doesn't really matter, right? Because, like, what's uh, Donald Logue's name in this movie? Is it Quinn? Quinn. Quinn or Quincy or whatever. He's just kind of like this madcap, stupid-ass sidekick that's really fun in the movie. He's the best. It's so much fun to watch him because, like, the first time you see him, he's got pigtails and he walks out and goes, fuck him up. Yeah, we gonna fuck you up. And then he just. And this is, again, this is. So we go from the bloodbath to then the seas part because this is the weird thing about the bloodbath. One, it makes me upset in this movie how much blood they waste. A lot of waste of blood. You're like, good Lord. It would be like buying a Big Mac and then just like slamming it at as fast as you can into your face and whatever's in your mouth, that's it. Right. The rest just falls on the ground. And so they bring a human, right? He's trying to escape, and then we just fucking pan up to Blade. By the way, I only, I only ever saw one. Of a There's only one human in there. Are they only going to turn what one I mean. guy? I was like, if you already have a whole sprinkler system full of blood. What do you need the guy for? Yeah, I was like, why don't you guys get those giant gerbil ball things? Yeah. And when you're like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And then you're like, time out. You know, take a couple licks off that little ball thing. Give me a second. I mean, I don't, I don't understand vampire culture yeah, at all at this point. That blade, like blade showing the up, blade though. pan up, great is just baller as fuck. Because right. immediately you just look at him, you're like, that looks cool as shit. Like, yeah. there's just a powerful iconography to blade that they introduce really fast, right? Yes. So, outfit super cool, tech gear, the sunglasses, the fucking crazy haircut, tattoos, tattoos, and then we see him fight, right? Awesome with guns, right? That cause vampires to explode. The the effects have not kept up. No. But it's fucking cool, Still right? Still fine. He, like, is staking dudes to the ceiling with silver spikes. Yeah. Then he pulls out. He's got, like, a fucking... He's got, that like, was a, cool. a crawl. That's always my disc. favorite is he, like, looks at Quinn and smiles at him. He goes, Quinn! Yeah. And he, so he has a death disc. Then he pulls out a fucking sword. You're like, this guy is the shit. It's awesome. And he's fighting in like one of those Matrix trench coats before yeah. those were fucking loaded imagery. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no shit. And uh, it was just fucking cool. Like, you just watch that and you're like, it's just a super cool badass dude fucking up vampires in like a techno blood orgy. Uh, and Donald Logue is giving you some weird kind of fucking zaniness. Yeah. Yeah, you're just like, this all works. I gotta tell you. It just immediately is viscerally entertaining. There's something easily less threatening, by the way, about a black guy wearing a trench coat than there is about a white guy wearing a trench coat. (laughs) Like, if I saw saw Blade walking down the street with a trench coat, we're fine. The Columbine kids are like, we're taking that back. (laughs) We're we're taking it back for us. No, I'll say this. If I see anyone in a trench coat, I assume someone has done something to you. Yeah. And I'm not... It's not me, though. This is another Blade thing we have to talk about in the movie, is that Blade... Um, is the least conspicuous person ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, especially in a town like L.A. Like, I feel like there, are, uh, especially in the 90s, like, there were guys yeah. who would have been in the LAPD locker room jerking each other off at the thought of ever seeing a Blade on the street. Yeah, like, Blade is a, <laughs> yeah, Blade is a uh, buff black dude walking down the street. Like, there's a scene where he's literally walking down the street with his sword sticking out the back of his shirt. I'm yeah, like, just talking. That's just like walking and in the, down the same street. scene. He just beats the fuck out of a cop. Yeah. On the street. And we see people just going to get groceries. Yeah. People aren't paying attention. They're like, the cops in uniform. It's not like a plainclothes <laughs> thing. He's beating the shit out of a police officer. And everyone's like, well, yeah, yeah that's right. Sense. There's another great scene when, um, fucking Deacon and Blade have their first face to face. Yeah. They're just in a park. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, the only people who go to parks are like people on dates, old people and people with kids. They're in a park. Deacon Frost is like holding a little Asian girl hostage (laughs) and Blade's sitting there with a sword and a gun in the park. I'm like, 
Yeah, so there's a guy who's chain-smoking cigarettes yeah. who looks pasty as death and looks like he's about to rip this girl's face off, yeah. right? Clearly not her parent. And then you have Blade who's sitting there in a trench coat and tech armor with a, his hand on a gun. And his sword. And, yeah, and people are just, like, still feeding pigeons. The best is... <laughs> In that in that scene, we both laughed hysterically. Those two, that couple, just walking through their conversation. No, they like yeah, they're face <laughs> to face, like right and there's through. a couple literally like, so do you want like Chipotle or you know maybe <laughs> just, like a Jersey Mike's? Do, do, do. They walk right in between, and that's what I told you. I was like, if I ever saw Blade on the street, I would I would just be like, well, I'm just gonna go back to my home. Like I don't need yeah, to do things I'm, in I'm, the world. I'm today. never doing. Yeah. I'm not doing anything. No today. one who dresses like Blade is ever going to make your life better. No one who dresses like Blade goes out in the middle of the L.A. summer to, like, confront someone in a park and, like, is just going to have a chin wag. Yeah. Even if I saw a guy like Steven Dorff, I'm like, wow, you look really fucking, like, sickly and your hair is too styled. Very styled. I don't trust that. Like, if you can't do basic hygiene, but you still do your hair, yeah. I'm going the other way. For like, sure. I'm a very judgmental person, though, I guess. <laughs> but it's just so fucking... I was like, who... Like, the 80s just, like... Go, go, now, now. Yeah. Like, they're just walking through Blade's conversation. And I was like, I don't know if it's one of these things like we're willingly. I mean, I'd say you're trying to assign like an artistic meaning, right? Like, are we humans willfully ignorant to what's. But they walk past. Steven Dorff is not even like holding the oh, girl around the shoulder. He's, he's like ripping her neck. <laughs> like, right under yeah. her fucking chin. <laughs> like, that's the. Pro- like, yeah. Also, Blade has like the insanely loud douche car. And I was like, I love the thought of, like, Blade getting stuck in traffic. You know what I mean? Like, there's some serious things I wonder yeah, trying about to Blade say, like, his whole like, trying to, like, I get what they're trying to do visually, like, trying to make them blend in. But, yeah, like, that is not a blendable moment. Like, that's not a thing where people are like, oh, it's just two guys talking in the park. No. Like, Blade never is like, oh, I should just put on, like, a hoodie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he fucking fully is decked out to the nines. Like, he might as well have, like, his name, like, Blade, call me at this number, like, on the back of his jacket, like... Vampire problems? Yeah, it's a business card. Who you gonna call? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just that fucking fat vampire from the basement with, like, a circle around Oh, God. It. Yeah, so the Blade iconography is great. The first, really, like, up till when they get back to Blade's lair, essentially. Yeah, it's all fucking fun, and it teaches you a lot about this guy really fast, but in a fun way, right? It explains the world pretty well, and then yeah. you get to... Oh, I mean, there's there's some basic, like, bad writing problems in this movie of, like, why did Donald Logue not die? Yeah. Just so he could get to the hospital, right? Like, there's Donald So then Logue we can stuff. bring in a human. Yeah. But then this is even a great scene. He shows up, he's like, I'm here to finish the job. It's like, well, what about when you were, like, staking him to the wall? Yeah, why didn't you and just then all of a sudden, And then all of a sudden he's like... He's tr- so like you know Donald Lug wakes up as a crispy vampire. Lovely effects, great, great effects. stuff, really cool. Great horror movie effects. And Blade looks out and he's like, "Hmm, there's a tarp on the other side of that roof." And he's like, "I'll just throw this fucking throw doctor, this human doctor." Yeah. And I was like, "People don't like tarp pillows." No. <laughs> I was like, "What if it's like a bed of spikes? What if the guy's like a street artist? Right. What if that's like Chris Angel's loft downtown LA? <laughs> yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, there could just be like spikes and nipple rings under there, and she's super hurt." And then he jumps across. She's like, ah, ah. And he's just like, fucking yanks her arm back into the socket. And he's just like, deal with it, goddammit. <laughs> then they drive to the lair. He, but he wants to save her. This is the thing, you know? So then we meet Whistler. This is the, now this is like, oh God. This is Whistler the, is inspired. In this this is inspired <laughs> casting. Yeah. It's Chris Christopherson at his most craggly. Like yeah. my, my parent, like my dad and I go back and forth with Whistler impressions when we're at like family gatherings, just constantly. Oh, God damn it, Blade. Like, God damn it, Blade. God damn it, Blade. <laughs> God damn bloodsuckers, Blade. Whistler's so fun in this movie, right? <laughs> so great. Because like the first thing we see is that he's kind of in charge also of like sure. medical stuff. Yeah. And you're like, if you ever went to any facility that like, would you ever take a pill that a guy like Whistler was handling? Not only is he, no. in, not only is he in charge of medical stuff, but literally the scene after where he's explaining what's going on, he... Like open, like opens the gas tank to the Challenger, and like ex- like gas is just flowing everywhere. <laughs> I love and yeah, then lights a cigarette. <laughs> you can't even not press the handle. He's just pouring just gas pouring all, all over, over the, the car, and then straight to Sig. And then he's like, "Well, that bitch is probably gonna die." <laughs> God damn it, Blade! Yeah. Why'd you bring him back here? <laughs> God damn it! I hope she's okay because I'm a good guy at heart. But honestly, fuck all y'all. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I get. I get Krusty Whistler. I'm like, I think it's cool that him and Blade go to the leather store together. I love him whipping out that <laughs> syringe of garlic. 
whipping out that syringe of garlic, I'm like, I would not take a plunger to the neck of anything from this guy. No. Like, that's the problem. Like, no. It's going to hurt a hell of a lot. It's like, don't no. put it in then. Like, turn on any Vice documentary about, like, the opioid epidemic, yeah. and you'll see a whistler somewhere. <laughs> 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 oh, God damn it. Uh, yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, that whole first to when she wakes up, she sees Blade getting a serum, right? So that's, yeah. like, another big piece they have to explain to us. The, the amount of information and character they give us without having to really lay it out is actually pretty well done for a movie like this, yeah. which normally should have been like a five minute whistler telling there's, us everything. There's and then no that's flashbacks, it. which is really nope. cool. Well, like, there, there's the mom. Right. But that starts the movie. Sure. So like okay. that is completely passable because it's not really a flashback. It's the beginning of a film. Right. Like it's a callback more than anything. But What's interesting to me about Blade, and especially given it's like the first of its kind, really, given the spirit of the 90s and what mm -hmm. was going on at that time, is they're trying so hard to kind of make you forget it's a comic book movie. Like, there's no Marvel Studios moniker at the top or anything. Like, the title page is very standard. Like, it just says Blade. Like, it's right. it's blood red font <clears throat> over black screen. Like, that. Yeah. Like, it's as, it's as action movie as you can get without, like, telling people, like, other than... The title page that credits like Marv Wolfman and Gene Kalan, like those are the things that say like right. Oh, it's like you see Stan Lee's name on the credits. You see like, Stanley and Abigail. To me, the funny thing about this is though, like you took it that way. I didn't see it. This was before there was a comic book movie. I know. But this that's was what I'm when saying. we made movies because it's its own medium. Exactly. And you would take a comic as source material to then make a right. visual story in a new medium. Exactly. Now comic books are a genre. Right. Right. And, and it's funny that Blade. And honestly, I think Blade does well because it, it's just action and right. horror. It's, it's like two tried and true genres. It's servicing a supernatural horror, like a yeah. servicing supernatural crime and, uh, you know, action drama. Yeah. And it's not saying, okay, we got to like call in the Avengers or do like some yeah. sort of, like, there's, there's no there's world no, building. There's no world building. It's literally like, let's make a great fucking action movie with yeah. vampires. And that's really what the goal of the movie was, and to that extent, it totally accomplishes it. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? So, like, the basic plot is pretty fucking stupid and forgettable, right? Yes. But what they went hard on is the action is really fun. They have great deaths in this movie. Oh, dude. Like, there are some super fun deaths, right? There's some people exploding, people getting fucking fried. You clocked a few. Road, he, he roadhouses There's a, a road guy house, at the end, a, a throat rip. A guy gets kicked in the ball so hard he dies. Yes. Like, that's really cool stuff. Yeah. I mean, they do great deaths, right? And they do great creature work. Like, yeah. when Donald Logue wakes up, crispy that's great that's right? awesome when he has his fucking weird disgusting hand is that's it, great i can't tell is it the hand is the hand turned around on his hand like is he ever like no it's just growing back so it looks more like, like fucking okay, cool yeah, like all right um but yeah so they go in big on that like there's the scene when steven dorf does the fucking throat rip oh yeah and him and again it's wasting blood which makes me mad and him and the girl like, yeah it's really weird yeah there's like, a lot of seen a couple in real life like lick each other's tongues yeah it's like not like a french kiss but like they touch tongues outside of their mouth in public and you're like also Deacon you frost, are the worst trash people deacon frost little vampire <laughs> community are like hypersexual weirdos by the way like everything yeah. turns them on it's very it reminds strange. me of like how kids who are children now in this age will probably all be like that yeah like if you grow up now having access to the full internet of porn i mean how many fucking volts and clamps yeah and, you know, fucking airtight baggies are these people going to need to get boners when they're like <laughs> adults? Like, the kids of today are going to face a real crisis someday. That is what all of these vampires are. It's true. Because, yeah, they're, they're just like the – but, again, it reminded me of The Crow where it's like, who – are there people that aspire to this? Like, is there actually a community that lives like this? And you're like, yes, there's a bar that I used to frequent in Hollywood only for pure, like, fucking, wow, I can't believe yeah. this exists. It's a castle, like, goth bar. Yeah. And there are, like, all the people that were extras in Blades. Like, that's where they go out to work. Like, what a hard day of leathering. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know? I need a cheap drink and a lot of dancing. Play the Smiths. <laughs> and then we'll do that trance shit. Whatever. Yeah. Talk. But, um, yeah. So, But that's what I mean, right? There's great fucking horror movie effects. And we talked about, I wrote it down, like, the scene with the fucking morbidly obese vampire yeah, the big fat pearl it makes no sense no but it is pure nightmare fuel yeah like just visually 
that is something you will never forget from that movie. It's just, it's one of the, in, in an age where comic book movies have often become very forgettable. Yeah. Right? Where it's like, don't you remember the airport fight scene? I don't give a fuck about that. It looks no. like cartoon, whatever. That, like, big, Pearl, that, I will think about yeah. a lot before the I die. Big, <laughs> this big blobby computer tech, vampire computer tech who is so... Just the creature work was great. And not yeah, only that, it's like, why is she so fat? How does she eat? Yeah. She's surrounded by keyboards. How does she type? Like, not or he, that, I think it's actually, they say, I think he. it's a he. Yeah. You just have no idea. You just are looking at this viscerally fucking disgusting monster. Not only that, but it's though, great. And then she roasts the guy with a UV light, which is just one of yeah. the grossest effects. He's just like, wee, wee. <laughs> yeah. and he's like, I won't tell you shit. It's yeah. over there. It's sort of Wee! like, it's the exact same sound effect as someone getting rascal tipped. Like yeah. it's fantastic. Uh, but yeah. So, so that is something I loved, right? They went in on like tried and true horror movie creature stuff, right? Like it, it's Carpenter in a way. And to me, that works out really well for this movie because you stomach the plot that just seems dumb and you don't care. And, you know, Steven Dorff is essentially a blank slate as Deacon Jones. Yeah. They just like, they're like, can we just get a guy who just exudes douche? Yeah. So the audience won't root for him. And you're like, yeah, you found him. You fucking nailed that. Like the only way it could be douchier is if they made that movie now. And it was like his fucking blue e-cigarette commercial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. How many cigarettes does that guy smoke? The whole like, movie. It's just him it's and just, Whistler in like just... competition. <laughs> the whole time. Well, fuck it all. Uh, yeah, so it's like that set smelled like leather and sweaty silk and cigarettes. Oh, yeah. And probably dreadlock smells. A lot like, of dreadlock smells. There's a lot there's of a grossness. Lot of yeah, imagine what Pearl would smell like. There's a lot of like extra level of uh, intensity in this. <laughs> but, um, but it's still like, yes, like the, the main goal of the movie is very forgettable. But there's a lot of stuff in that that I – there's a lot of stillness to it. There's visual – Visually, there's a lot of really great shots. Like, I think about all the stuff that's between the, like, hematologist and Blade when they're talking. And, like, those are generally scenes in other, especially comic book movies now, that are punctuated by a lot of other things going on. And you don't get that, like, sort of just regular action movie stillness anymore. Like, it's a fucking nonstop thrill ride. So, for me, for this movie to kind of take its time at moments is really fascinating. Well, I think that's true, but in a weird way, I feel like that's the only, like, kind of part they miss. Like, they never have that moment where you somewhat sympathize with Blade. Yeah. Like, they never go in on this, oh, well, if he had had a better childhood. Right? Like, they don't do, like, every other, like, comic book movie now where it's like, he's so rooted in this one event. Right. Blade's just like, yeah, man, shit sucks, and now I kill people. Yeah. Like, and so he tries to have moments where it's, you know... Watch your ass, this is a war. You don't know shit. Yeah. But he is so fucking frigid, right? They even have the line that a cold heart is a dead heart. And you're like, yeah, that's Blade. Like, he does a couple things in his actions that make us realize he somewhat cares. Yeah. Right? He did save the doctor, but then he used her as bait. And he threw her into possibly Chris Angel's spike bed. Right. And he rips her arm back into socket. But, like, that probably hurt. It was could have been nicer. Sure. You know? Um, but he obviously loves Whistler. So they do some things visually that let you know there's something under there he's hiding. But they don't waste any time sitting there like, my mama used to sing me this song, and now I'm so scared. Like, they don't do that bullshit with him, right? He's like a fucking just rock hard i have a mission like that's all that fuels him it seems like now and uh so i think the visually they gave us everything we need and they didn't waste our time with these fucking false monologues yeah. you know what i mean that was good like yeah. what would i like about wesley snipes's blade is he really lets blades physicality be the thing that makes him interesting and worth watching much more than his dialogue or anything he could say it's what he accomplishes as a character that what is what makes him entertaining to watch like yes Wesley Snipes is a very good action star regardless yeah. but the fight choreography in this movie is awesome like there's all kinds of great yeah. stuff that make Wesley Snipes that much better as Blade mm-hmm. simply because visually he's imposing without having to say anything yeah and also he's a guy who essentially is walking into nightclubs that look like a Spencer's gift gone awry and killing people yeah and you're like Cool. I can get behind that. <laughs> like, you know, anywhere that has strobe lights, we don't need this that This guy's place. doing the Lord's work. There's no problem with it. You're an immortal vampire of hundreds of years, and you hang out in a place with strobe lights? 
God! Spike to the face. Yeah, yeah, and so like immediately as an audience member, I'm like, yeah, you're a trash person. Yeah. You're a trash person and you're gone. <laughs> uh, Can we talk about vampire physiology in this movie? I have so many questions. I'm so confused. So first off, they keep bringing up this concept of like you're either born a vampire or not. So like right. the old ass white vampires were born. born and Deacon vampire. Frost wasn't. Blade was born. Right. So what we learn is that his mom was bitten while he was in utero. Right. And I was like, is that how they fucking explain their vampires in this? Like, vampires are only flying around looking for pregnant women. And then there's another problem with the movie, right? Which is when the vampires happen, they don't age like normal humans, right? Right. So there's a nut. They say that, like, well, Blade Age is like unlike them. So I was like, all right. So if a vampire was born and didn't age properly, wouldn't he just be like a little kid a forever? fucking fetus? Yeah, like a bunch yeah. of little Pinocchios running around. See, like- and that's the thing. Like, I don't know how. Yeah, I, I've I've always been curious, like especially in the Blade universe, because like for instance, in the second one, like the oldest vampire in the fucking world apparently is like, oh, these are my children. I'm like, are they actually your children, or yeah. did you bite somebody? Like, right, what's- they came from your bloodline. Some because this is the thing, right? Vampirism's always portrayed as a curse, right? Yeah. So you get bitten, and either you want it or you didn't want it. Whatever, you're cursed with immortality, mm-hmm. and you never gift someone else vampirism right it's only a curse like this is a horrible thing that i'm doing to you um but yeah it's very much kind of like a rabies setup right and they're they're undead so even the thought of them you know infecting young life that's about to be born is i don't know if this is something they tried something cool in the mythology and it just was poorly written or if it's poor writing that now we're trying to do the work for them and make this mythology work. To, like, it, here's something else. In the movies... Their the, vampires can literally just put on sunscreen. Yeah. And go out... That's I'm like, a huge problem. If you can me. put on sunscreen and, like, a fucking motorcycle helmet, you can go drive the PCH. Yeah, what do you, you have? to be fine. So what? now you're an immortal who can have all the sunshine fun. Yeah. And you can go into your Spencer's Gifts Clubs at night. Like, what do you have to be mad about? What's your fucking problem? Like, Stephen Dorse literally at a park. They didn't even do the helmet this no. time. They're just like, just don't even hide it. He He's has at a cream. park, and he has a ton of sunscreen. I'm like, yeah. is that all it is? Well, you're like, there's no part of his hairline is super done hair where, like, he didn't miss a spot. He's like, ah! Yeah, so it's like one little... Well, that's my question. Is like, do you put it in your hair? That is the styling product, is the sun cream. Is the sun cream? I just Maybe. don't... But then you're like, you make such a big deal about how Blade is the day walker. Yeah. But then you also tell me you're that out, every fine. other vampire can essentially just live the life of a ginger person i mean and do extra good with sunscreen also what it is and is that's enough blade totally should have just brought like i don't know water gun or something like that and washed the sunscreen <laughs> off rather no, than water soluble now they have pool safe sunscreen <laughs> yeah but the vampires don't know enough about sunscreen how would they know that that's probably all they do at night is just scour just cvs's scour- oh god yeah once when steven dorf's not running his computer program that's <laughs> just like a cg movie he's doing he's actually on amazon like by what like are, spf 80 <laughs> setting google alerts for like what is the newest fucking update in fucking sunscreen technology so <laughs> speaking of, okay so that uh the um cgi game is supposed to be the simulation of the bringing of the blood god lamagra this was before we knew stuff about computers. It's all right. Well, actually, it was much, much, it's much less about that. But so the blood god Lamagra, obviously, you won't have a third act unless that thing shows up and it invests itself in Stephen Dorff's life. This movie essentially, by the way, says that science beats God every single time at the yeah. end of this movie. Blade kills the blood god by pumping him full of that coagulant stuff that makes all the vampires explode. And he's like. Uh, I'm a pimper. Boom. Well, what I told you is it's blood thinner. So, like, every uncle who had has had a heart attack yeah. has the pills they need to defeat La Magra yeah. in their fucking face. This movie basically <laughs> posits that it doesn't matter what your religion you are. Science will beat you. Right. And it's dope that Blade literally does a karate kick to the vial and fucking hits it right in Dorf's also face. Also says, like, super badass shaft. It's uh, some motherfucker always trying to ice skate uphill. I'm like, <laughs> Damn, that's some cold shit. I love when he cuts Steven Dwarf in half and the blood's like, <laughs> and sucks him back. You're like, that's actually cool. Yeah. And Blade turns around and looks over his shoulder and goes, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> There's still enough, like, it's Wesley Snipes fun... stuff going on. Yeah. I love it, man. I love how she, like, you know, vampire maces yeah. the girl and her head explodes. Like, it's just, it's one of those movies that's, you get past the basic dumbness of the plot and you don't relate to the villain. 
The villain doesn't think he's a good guy. So there's like a lot of those kind of things that are not normally in great movies. But it's it's just fun. I have a they qu- do enough of the fun, and it's visually, the world is visually cool. You I, just stay in it. I have a question that came up during the movie, and we asked, and we didn't know the answer. And maybe the boxers can help us. I'm going to ask you, is Essence of Garlic just garlic water? <laughs> um, as a guy who got his wife a mister right. for Christmas, yeah. It's just garlic. Like if it's essence of orange, it's just a little drop of orange juice. Okay, cool. Like for sure. Okay. Because he's like going to like a special store. That's how you charge $20 a vial instead of just saying, yeah, I just drop like a couple garlic peels in water. Essence. <laughs> essence. Like what is the essence of garlic? I don't know. I think it's just garlic. On a garlic. deeper meta level, what does garlic represent? <laughs> Guy who works in the crummiest store I've ever seen. Yeah. What, that scene where Blade goes to do his, uh, get his serum or whatever. He like looks at the vials and like it's just ten vials of essence of garlic yeah. sitting at the front. I'm like, why wouldn't the vampires show up and just ransack this place every week? Like, I would. Yeah, for like, sure. What a waste of time. That's how you. That's how you cut off Blade's supply. <laughs> it's it's funny, but you're like at the end they even find Blade's hideout. So yeah. you're like, it took you that long to be like, where's like empty places where Blade could be doing all this horrible yeah. shit. How could anyone not find this Dodge Challenger driving like um, like 80 miles an hour? No, you just follow Amazon guys who are doing huge deliveries of bulk leather clothing. <laughs> you're like, this has to be the place. And you attack. That and like trinket Asian shit, like just like sitting on everyone. Yeah, I, uh, I don't understand it. But it's still, but despite all this, like, yeah, we make fun and there's funny little quirks, but. I really do enjoy that movie. Like I sit this, there and really this is the thing. find it, pleasure. In it's it. the same way as you watch Cobra or something like that. Like yeah. it's a really good action movie. It has very dumb plot, but you know, Blade is a badass. You're like he's enough of a badass, and he doesn't do anything to undermine that. Yeah, fine. Um, the villains are very powerful monsters worthy of being slaughtered. You know, we have. He's trying somewhat to help out humans. He has a nice bond with a, a human. So there's enough sympathy to kind of stay in with the characters. And then the, you know, the visual and effect work are pretty good. Yeah. You know, you stay in to see Pearl. You stay in to see the scanner stuff. And Udo Creer kind of getting microwaves. <laughs> like, yeah. that's what you're watching for, right? We're not doing this to get on a deeper level. Like, no. Blade doesn't waste any effort trying to go much deeper, right? Like another movie we recently did, Daredevil. Yeah. Wasted an enormous amount of time trying to do like these huge philosophical, you know, studies into the nature of humanity. Right. Blade wastes no time for that. And the movie does better because of it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of weird things you want to get more into. Like just the visuals of every bad guy in this movie is the whitest white person. Yeah. By the way, I really like Albino that, lady, way. Donald Logue's like a ginger guy. I really Udo Creer. Yeah. He's like the whitest of white ginger. guys ever. <laughs> I love watching fucking Blade just That's the other like deeper meaning to the movie is just like watching Blade ice white dudes yeah. like, like constantly like <laughs> yeah, That's right. You know what? They all deserve this. Like Yeah. But it's a you know all these so terrible honkies. It's one of those things where it's it's thrown in and it's there, right? Like, yeah. it's hard to ignore. I'm sure there are people, you know, you could show that movie like, it's all racist, you know? But you're like, to me, it's there visually as a nod to, you know, kind of the oppressive nature of, like, rich white guys in boardrooms holding everyone 100%. down. 100%. But they don't do anything to fucking, like, talk about it a lot. No. It's not in your face. It's just there. It's no. like, it's a little extra wrinkle for those who are looking for it's it. It's this thing that we do in writing sometimes called subtext. <laughs> I mean, it's right there. It's pretty much it's text. Text. I'm sure in the script it just says "room of whites." Honkies enter. Really, and then they like sprinkle in like a couple of Asian guys yeah. to make it like. Well, yeah, like they that... had like the Asian guy with the weirdest, coolest goatee. Is he Asian? I yeah, he's because they they say his name at one point. And they ask where he is, and they throw his fangs on the table. Oh yeah, because they kill him and Udo. No, he no, actually makes only it kill to the Udo end. Kier. He makes it to the end. Yeah, the Asian guy makes you mean it the guy to with the, the end. Tattoos on his head. Yeah, because they drop blood on him, I and he's got the guy, goatee. I thought and I said that guy was Middle Eastern. I mean, maybe I don't know. <laughs> I thought he spoke in. I don't I, know. I, I thought I thought we he just spoke that. It, but I was writing a lot of notes. I thought he spoke that vampire language. Yeah, that's weird. The one that Whistler somehow knows how to read. Oh, yeah. By the way, the upkeep of the vampire Bible is pathetic in this movie. Yeah. Like, you're telling me you can figure out how to consolidate that into a single That text? is not a coffee table book, my it's friend. It's just, like, ten sheets of glass around, like... By the way, all of them get destroyed yeah. by 
vampires themselves. Yeah, that scene also highlights one of the other things this movie does. <laughs> so the PC message of the the evil white person is there. Fine. The thing that is a little less cool to watch nowadays is how many fucking uh, women and young girls Blade beats the shit. Out. <laughs> like what he does to the doctor, that's pretty aggressive, but yeah. he seems to be saving her. Ooh, yeah. Uh, then there's was... the little tiny girl who knows karate who looks like she was frozen at 12 years old in the Bible room. And Blade's just like, sweet kick, sweet kick, sweet kick. Bam! Yeah. <laughs> just fucking knocks her the Punches fuck out. Punches a lot of women in the face. A lot of fighting of the women in this and movie. Yeah, him. Uh... Do you think that is not cool nowadays, or is that. The women are on equal footing with him as vampires. I think the women are on equal footing as vampires. I think right. that's always the way you get around is like they're not technically women. They're the undead. They're right. The... And this is no secret to people who know me. I'm probably a little bit more liberal than most people you meet. It was one of those things when he knocked that like 14 year old girl. I was like, Ugh. I was like, did we need that? Did I we mean, really need mine that? Was when, <laughs> mine was definitely when he was uh, trying to get his strength back by sucking her blood at the very end of the movie. And she's yeah. like, stop stop and he just keeps going like this but also he's not just like drinking her blood like like he's, he's just doing like, like he's fucking like pelvic her. hips it's very aggressive it's and a very sexy that was, scene. was like this is a little uncomfortable. sexual not sexy i guess yeah <laughs> sexual <laughs> it was a little uncomfortable yeah but nevertheless but, it's the, it's 1998 but she said take this strength yeah and go avenge I don't know. She offered it, but I think there's still. It a was a different time, man. It was a different time. That one didn't bother me at all. The knocking the fourteen-year-old girl. Knocking the fourteen-year-old girl. Like, probably oh, not great. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> We're just doing this. Also, I was like, vampires. You have to have better henchmen. Yeah. Than like girl can't ninety-eight do the pound, like young girl. But she might be like four hundred years old and know all the fighting. I don't know. She did get knocked the fuck out like immediately. I was like, don't put her in harm's way. Do Give her Pearl's job. She can actually type. Do you like Blade Two? If if you want my honest opinion here, or not even opinion, in fact, I don't think I could tell you shit about Blade 2 or 3, except for that one of them has a vampire whose face looks like a huge vagina. Yes. And he does pro wrestling moves off of the wall on Blade a lot. Cool. That's all I remember about the other two Blades. So hopefully we will get to them on this show. I think the only... I've only... The two things I remember from the other two Blades is... Uh, the second one's directed by Guillermo del Toro. See, I remember that, yeah. And then the third one's directed by David Goyer, which is a huge red flag for me, and it had Ryan Reynolds in it doing his See, best. I rem- that do- was when Wesley his- Snipes was, like, in trouble, though. Yeah, life he was, trouble. like, in life trouble. Yeah. And basically it had uh, Jessica Biel and uh, Ryan Reynolds doing his first version of Deadpool Yeah. without it being Deadpool. Right. Like he still had Hannibal. a sword and all that shit. That's yeah. where they have Triple H in it. Yeah. I remember vaguely Triple that H one. With, the, with the fucking iced fangs. <laughs> like, come on, guys. Uh, yeah, man. I look back on this, and again, you're like, this is one of the very first superhero movies. Yeah. And not even necessarily superhero, but very comic book movies. And it works really well. Yeah. I mean, like, it's just thing, an action it's, movie. It's just one of those movies that knows what it's not, and so it fucking just doubles down on being good at what you know, an action and or horror audience once. Yeah. And that's fine. Yes. You're like, does it have anything really to say? No. Like there's one really, there's actually probably only one really good scene in that movie. And it's with him and Whistler about to die. Yeah. That's a very poignant, well acted scene, like just well done moment. And Blade doesn't oversell it. Right. Like he's still trying to be strong, but you know, it hurts him. That's a really fucking sweet moment tucked in there. But for the most part, this is just a balls out action and gross out horror movie. Yeah. And it does really well for that. I agree. Um, Would this movie work following all the tenets of how we do comic books now? I don't know. It will be interesting to see what the new Blade looks like. Um, But yeah, man, I, I think they snuck in enough stuff, right? There's a little social commentary. There's a lot of action. It's just at the end of the day, it's it's a very grim and somber movie that ends up being insanely yeah. fun. It's just a really good supernatural action movie. Yeah. The fact that it is a comic book, or originally a comic book, is almost incidental to the fact that the movie happened. <laughs> right. I mean, I think that's really kind of what's cool about it, and that's what makes it interesting and worth watching. Yeah. Over and over. Like what, if they redo it with John Boyega, do I think he's knocking out 14-year-old girls? No. Probably not. <laughs> but I also think that like that's something that'll be different. But but I also think that a lot would be different because of everything that's ha- that's happened with the Marvel with Marvel formula. Right. 
I actually would like to see Blade come back as a Netflix show. I think he's primed for that. We've talked yeah, about that. We've talked about that, and I think um, that'd but be But honestly, movies are more where I like to watch this stuff, so I, I definitely watch a new Blade. Yeah. Um, I think it's a really good, fun character to build on. I don't have a problem with watching a new Blade movie or a, new, a Blade TV series. I think you're right. Netflix is really the place for it because he is like the street level character. I'm talking like six episodes, though, not this yeah. 13 bullshit, which is something we got into on the last. Yeah, Do episode. something. Get in. Give me a quick. Here's a vampire. He's going to kill someone I want to save. Go. Just do it quick, man. We don't need La Magra. Yeah, I think the miniseries <laughs> formula for Blade would work really well as like just, yeah, it's a six episode. It's a six hour movie. It's just we can't tell this in one movie. So yeah. let's make a six hour movie. I think that'd be totally fine. And Blade's a great character in Prime for it. Yeah, and he's a weird one, too, where I think Blade for a TV show presents more challenges because you'll have to open him up more. Yeah. Or you have to give him plucky sidekick characters, which they like to do. And that, to me, would be a bit of a, an essence of garlic on yeah. the show as a whole. Also, so we'll have to see. But this, this piece, man, the fact that we can go back and do this movie, and even bad effects and all, it still holds up as a yeah, very fun ride. It's still very cool. It's cool, man. It's cool to see one of the first guys who did it well. You know what? We, I did totally like space over. We had already had... Batman and Superman by then. Yeah. But they're DC, right? Mm-hmm. And this, they're very different. This is the first kind of like... This is the first major Marvel movie. Yeah. Like, the Punisher and Captain America movies had come out... And in, Howard. And Howard. Howard the Duck was the one that bombed bad. Yeah. And, like, from what I read... Which I still love and can't wait to defend sure. on this show someday. But see, like, Howard the Duck is one of those movies that you watched... Or it was one of those movies that came out and did so poorly, people were like, we couldn't... And that's what's crazy is they're like... We cannot make Marvel movies. Like, Howard the Duck almost sunk this entire thing. <laughs> the least interesting... Well, I mean, I like Howard the Duck, but, like, the least logical choice to start Marvel movies yeah. with. <laughs> and it's just shocking to me that, like, their, deci- like, their immediate like reaction... Like, someone just watched Teen Wolf, and there's, like, there's something about animals and humans fucking I am in on. <laughs> I just want to do that a bunch. <laughs> oh, man. I would suggest... Finding a way to watch Blade, if you feel so inclined again. Check it the fuck out. Any on-demand, you can probably rent it for four bucks on Amazon, whatever. Like, watch this and movie. And if you man. haven't seen it, watch it to really see, like, like this is a precursor to, this is before The Matrix came out. Like, this is great 90s action. Like, yeah. really, really cool stuff, especially for the late 90s when we were starting to really yeah. get into heavy CG. There's still a lot of great practical effects to watch. And Wesley Snipes is just great. Yeah. And it is historic. It was one of the first major comic book movies with an African-American lead character. Yes. Right? Like, it did this before Black Panther. And it was a really good movie, man. It was a really fun movie. So there is a lot to enjoy. Like I said, there's some things you got to get past. But that's most movies, man. You should really find something you like in this one, I would imagine. I think it'd be I think it'd be hard-pressed not to. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all I got. Long box sessions. This is the Long Box Show. I'm Alex. And I'm Josh Griffey. <laughs>